Hello and welcome to another episode of the Order Trader Podcast. My name is Wandile Sishi. And I'm George Mini. And we're joined today by a special guest. Somebody who we've actually had before a few years ago. Um, well, we, we had we had Ben in the pandemic, right? Yeah, we had him whilst yeah. we we weren't in this studio at that time. I think we were in the other studio. No, we were behind um, the computers, and then and then we all came in here. No one was here. No, I think we were actually no, we were here, and Kriya was on the screen. We were at yes. our other boardroom, yeah, at the time. Yes. Um, so a lot has changed since then, um, and that's kind of the you know kind of uh, I guess the I don't know kind of the how the show is what we'll be talking about essentially today. Um, is how the changes have happened over the years. And, you know, I guess it's been a while since we've been able to speak about the electric sort of movements in South Africa. So this is a great opportunity for us to kind of unpack that, especially because we just had the smart mobility, which George was speaking at and, um, that you kind of run. Um, so yeah, I think, um, first things first, um, you are Ben Pullen, correct? I am. <laughs> Last time we checked. <laughs> Last time we checked, yes. And you're currently still the, the chairman and, and, and founder of, of Small Mobility, correct? I am, yeah. There's been, been a few changes actually since I came into the, the ghost town office back in the pandemic. Mm. It was just the three of us. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess the main thing is that, uh, the, the, the portfolio of, of events that I had built was basically taken on um, by Vilka Group, which has been okay. a great opportunity for us to basically build on what we had already built because Vilka Group is an event and media company that's been running for 20 years in Africa and yeah. operates in energy, mining, e-commerce, and now mobility as we brought the portfolio to them. So we have a lot more resource, um, I say a, a much larger audience, and it's just enabled things to continue but also really grow. And I think that's that's been a great change for us as a business. Yeah, I mean, no, I think people people forget that um, events businesses, while trying to drive an agenda around something like um, you, know, um, you know greener, cleaner energy, um, are still a business. Yeah, ultimately, you know, ultimately, an events business is still a business. Like auto trade is a business. We're yeah. we're capitalists. We you know we're 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 in it for profit. Although, although as a matter of fact, um, I read something by Peter Drucker the other day. Yeah. Um, it was, it actually served on my phone because I've got this, I've got this app that, uh, um, uh, you should actually download it. What is this thing's name? I'll tell you afterwards. But, and what it does is every book you've read, yeah, it serves you highlights that you've highlighted in the book. Okay. So if, like every five minutes it changes. Mm. So if you've highlighted a lot of highlights in a, in a particular book that you've read on the Kindle, which is beautiful, yeah. um, it then serves you your highlight. And uh, another day I read a highlight that said, the purpose of a business is to create or keep a customer. That's Peter Drucker's uh, mm. uh, quote. Um, and people forget that events businesses are just that. They're businesses with profit motives, with customers. Mm. You know, so, uh, so and, and, and you did so at a very, very difficult time. It was, yeah. And uh, I think events in general is, is really difficult because bizarrely you have all these different customers – and then you agree to deliver the service on a on a on the same date for everyone. So you say on yeah. on this date, the the fifth to the seventh of October, we will deliver you, my exactly my good customer, <laughs> all the value. But you you say it to all the customers. Yeah. You basically have like six hundred customers on one day, and everybody wants the best, right? So you have to kind of juggle all of that value that you need to deliver to everybody at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. But it's a lot of fun and. I think everyone enjoys enjoys the outcome, so I'm not going to sit here moaning. It's yeah. 
it's, it's good fun. fun. For anybody who doesn't know what Smart Mobility is or wasn't able to go this year, exactly what is the conference and how has it changed? What what are the the big changes that you've seen over the last three years since um you know the first one? Yeah, great question. So we, as a portfolio, we're called Smarter Mobility Africa. So yeah. we we focus purely on the mobility industry. And we cover a number of different events. And one of those is Smarter Mobility Africa Summit, which is the the conference and exhibition side of what we do. And it's it's really about bringing together the whole mobility industry. Um, mm. So all different spheres, the automotive sector, the public transport sector, walking and cycling, data mapping, GIS, um, the whole industry together. So it's bringing that industry together yeah. and then really discussing, celebrating challenges, opportunities, um, within the industry, technology, innovations, um, yeah. different case studies and solutions. And we do that through yeah, conference format and then a, an exhibition. And we always add in the ride and drive element because people love to test out different products and vehicles. And so that, that's what it is. And it's been running now for four yeah. years. Um, we launched it in 2019 with the Gauteng Department of Roads and Transport and with the National Department of Transport. And, um, yeah, it's really developed as, as an event from a content perspective. I think in year one, it was very much electric vehicle focused, but it's it's evolved to cover the whole mobility industry since then. And um, yeah, it was great to be back in its its first year of um, fully in-person. Yeah. We did two years of, of pandemic events, which you guys yeah, well, worked with us on. Mm. I, I think this question is for both of you, actually. Um, in that three years, have you seen a change with regards to consumers and businesses kind of coming to the party with regards to EV adoption? I think maybe, George, you can go first. From consumer side and then from a conversational side um, and with the different businesses, are you seeing change yeah so i mean i think i think the first thing is you know we we, we're thankful to smarter mobility africa and and ben for um you know partnering uh or us partnering with uh um with with them and and with ben to create the first ever or Mm. to or to surface the first ever um ev buyer survey yeah you know i think without smarter mobility africa we would never have had a template to work with for sure. Um, which now we have a template to work with. So, uh, so I think, I think that's what been one of the bigger changes yeah. in, in the industry is that now there's data and there's yeah. data three years in a row in terms of how consumers see electric vehicles, their perception around them, their uh, reality around them and, uh, and, and their, and their expectations in the future. So, uh, so for me, that's been the biggest thing is this focus on electric vehicles. I know that Smart Mobility Africa has become more than just electric vehicles, yeah. but that's where it started. Um, mm. For us, as a partner with uh, Smart Mobility Africa, and uh, um, and it's really dovetailed with what we've seen on the main platform, which is the searches for uh, electric vehicles, hybrid vehicles, you know, all new uh, new energy vehicles for that matter, have skyrocketed. Yeah, um, and we couldn't have partnered at a better time because mm. uh, it was really just the beginning. I think we were first to market with a lot of the thinking around. Uh, uh, you know, thought leadership and what should happen, looking at other worlds uh, or other countries and, and, and looking at their templates. And, uh, and you guys have made it possible. So, uh, so, so for me, that's the biggest change. Yeah. You sounded a bit Elon Musky then when you said <laughs> looking at other worlds. So <laughs> yeah. we're comparing ourselves with Mars uh, now. How's EV adoption on Mars? <laughs> it hasn't yet yeah. happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's good to know. It's, it's, and you know, I think something that you mentioned there is the fact that we didn't have data. We actually didn't know what people's sentiments and, and feelings towards um, electric vehicles were, specifically electric vehicles. But 
now we're even tapping into understanding what the sentiment for hybrid um, adoption is. It's something that's that's kind of coming up now is people know really more about EVs than they do about hybrid tech. Um, and something that came out of the first report that we did was there was a huge gap with people just that's really getting education. Yeah, um, and we've seen that with hybrid tech as well. As people don't necessarily fully understand exactly. Um, you know, what is a hybrid um, car? Um, and I think with EVs, the importance of getting that across the line is, is a lot higher. Um, and without organizations like Smart Mobility and, and the partnerships that the industry has, it'd be very difficult for us to get to a place where we can even start to t- address some of the issues um, that we're finding. Um, so it's quite interesting. However, in that time, um, George, have you spoken about this quite extensively, is we still haven't gone to a point where, from a legislation point of view, we're seeing some some real change. Are you having conversations where we're seeing this potentially changing in the next few years? Is that for me, that one? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, let, let, let's bet that one to, to, to Ben because, you know, I find myself quite frustrated with, with this point. Uh, with this point. Yeah. I, f- I find myself frustrated in that, um, you know, we were saying three years ago, yep. the government's not moving fast enough. Yeah. And here we are three years down the line, we've got a green paper and that's it. You know, so I mean, wh- wh- how does smart mobility Africa see, um, you know, the changes, if any, and uh, you, do you see a light at the end of the tunnel, especially with, um, you know, government support when it comes to uh, hybrids and electrics? Yeah, I, I think I'm happy to say uh, I think I think we do. Um, if we look at Smart Mobility Africa Summit, um, there was a, a one of the directors from ESCOM that spoke about their ambitions to actually now transition their fleet of vehicles to electric. Um, you see you see other organizations, private sector and public sector, that are seriously considering this now. And I think over the next few months, there's already been some announcements. I don't know if it's, it's been that publicized at this stage, but in terms of organizations, whether private sector or government, wanting to transition their vehicles to electric vehicles. Yeah. So I think that's a really important step because sometimes you you need that indication maybe ahead of policy change, mm-hmm. um, even though policy change at the start would, would be great. But I think those types of organizations showing demand for electric vehicle adoption mm-hmm. is going to drive probably some policy change. Um, and then at the SA Auto Week last week, um, Minister Patel spoke. Um, yeah. And actually, I, I, I can't quote too many things, but I, I guess the sentiment that I took away from that was that we are moving in the direction and one quote that he made was um you know we we will walk step by step with you the automotive industry in in embracing this uh this this new um electric vehicle landscape so i guess that was quite reassuring yeah i mean for for me that was probably the um the best government um talk I've heard in a long time. Um, you know, he, uh, Minister Patel is a is a smart guy, and it and it comes across. Um, but to what degree uh, um, is the momentum going to be gained? I mean, I suppose let's wait and see. But mm. it, I suppose a good start is that there was a you know a a, a public forum commitment there mm. um, when he spoke. So uh, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. Mm. That's that's how I'm seeing it. I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm going to yeah. loop back to your earlier. Your earlier quote, because this is this could tie in very well. So you mentioned, I think, Peter Drucker. Yes. So the only job of a business is to create a customer and create or keep a customer. Create and keep a customer, and I think this sense of creation of customer and um, basically a business responding to certain demands or needs of a customer. And I think actually what we're seeing 
is now that these organizations are starting to show demand for these products, the electric vehicles. And mm. maybe that's the point in which uh, government or policy is really going to change because in many ways, certain departments that may be quite stretched with many different challenges they have on their hands might say, look, we don't see enough demand right now. Why, mm. why are we going to bother spending the time to create new framework mm. for maybe an industry that doesn't show that demand? But exactly. I think that's coming now because yeah. you've got ESCOM with a good few thousand vehicles. You've got G Fleet in the Gauteng province and other parts of the country that I think have 40 to 50,000 vehicles. Mm. And if they start transitioning just a percentage of those, you know, a few percent, then you start, you start talking thousands of unit orders. Yeah. Which, what are we on at the moment in this country? 250? Well, uh, we're doing how many per annum? And we've got about two, oh, two, 2,000. Yeah, 2,348 on, on, uh, on the road. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so we're seeing that doubling effect still occurring. We thought it was going to stop at some point. Mm. Um, but it seems like the, the demand for, for EVs is just skyrocketing. Yeah, because if you um, imagine just one order from ESCOM, for example... Or from anyone, yeah. yeah, it would just completely it would, it would, it would change the d- double double what we've got right now yeah. on the roads, and I think that's probably the game change that we're going to see over the next twelve months. And there's mm. different factors that will push that, and then I'm sure the policy and framework will change. But but maybe it's just a case of just as in a business, you need to see that that demand before you really start to. Yeah, you've got to you've got to justify the business case. I think you've got a really good point there. But um, you know, for me, the business case is justified, yeah. and uh, and the business case is is the opportunity cost. Mm. It's not mm. about proving whether it's coming or not. It's the opportunity cost. What is the opportunity cost? The opportunity cost is sixty percent of our our, our manufacturer is, yep. goes off the shore, goes exactly. off our shores. Mm. So uh, uh, so 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 if government doesn't see that as a potential risk and opportunity cost in the policy framework very quickly. Um, you know, we could. We, I don't know if you watched that Australia. The Australian talk. gentleman who came in, yeah, that yeah. was scary. It was scary extremely, stuff, extremely yeah. stuff, yeah. Um, and uh, we've spoken about the Australia example before. You mm. know, um, that is the outlook for the South African automotive industry if we don't get that policy framework and incentives done quickly. But mm. I think, I think there's 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 potentially a um, a, a way to uh, to to gain momentum, and that is by using corporate businesses that have fleets, as you as you yeah. put it, because those orders will be big. You know, if you just if if the government just incentivizes, let's say, company car, less company car tax. So at the moment, company car tax is sky high. Um, that would incentivize companies to actually give employees company cars. Is this from a, a starting point of perspective? You mean start with fleets, for instance, and then see that trickle down into cons- the consumer market? Well, I think they're going to have to address everything. It's, yeah. it's not a, it's not a, you know, you've got to eat the yeah. elephant one bite at a time, but you've got to have a framework there that, uh, you know, starts yeah. somewhere and ends somewhere else. But, uh, but I think there's lots of opportunity. It's sure. just. I want to see the first step. One hundred percent. I mean, the nice thing is you've kind of alluded to the already is Minister Patel did say that the government is having these discussions, having them not just, you know, in the forum of the government, but they're having them with OEMs as well. Um, and I think it was NUMSA. Um, so they're looking at the entire ecosystem and looking at the entire value chain and supply chain of, of the vehicles and seeing that this needs to happen or we're going to get to a point where we are in Australia, mm. um, which will have some drastic implications one other driver of, of, of the need to change as well is it always blows my mind when when you look at the south africa's biggest imports mm. and oil sits at the top so all those all those rands leaving the country mm. to buy oil to to fuel 
vehicles essentially which you know you could could, could really reduce that and uh, could be a, a great gain for the country and the gdp and the economy on a whole yeah escom is not um you know they they did address that as well in terms of identifying that electricity is not even just for consumers but for the production of the vehicles um it was nice to to hear them also address the fact that that needs to be kind of sorted out and i'm 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 really optimistic that from a renewable energy perspective we're going to start seeing that also um sort of happening which is exciting moving on um george you were speaking about it so the ev buyers reports obviously it's out now um yeah can you take us through some of the findings that have come out of there maybe we can just talk about some of the key things and 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 you know the changes that have happened over the last three years yeah so i think i mean i think the the what what we're starting to refer to as the the trinity um is is has existed now across all three reports and Mm. that trinity is uh, range anxiety um uh charging time and price yeah and those three have existed for three years now in the report and um um and range anxiety in the report has dissipated a little bit um consumers aren't as concerned about range anxiety as they've been um you know in the first report versus the one that we just uh, yeah. we just did um and 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 given that tells me that we're doing a good job at communication. Smarter Mobility Africa is doing a good job at kind of getting the uh, getting the points across, getting the education across the line. Mm. Um, um, charging time for an electric vehicle also, uh, you know, people have concerns that they're going to be sitting for six hours at a at a stop somewhere charging a car. That has dissipated a little bit as well. Um, and then the biggest elephant in the room is is the price of the vehicle. The yeah. magic number is still 500,000 Rand. Um, although we've seen that consumers from the survey have indicated that they're willing to pay a little bit more than 500,000 Rand. Why is that? Because they see the lower running costs of these vehicles mm. as a benefit. And, uh, and so they're willing to pay a little bit more. Who's going to come into the country? And maybe this is a question for Ben. You know, have you heard any, anything about you know anybody that's going to potentially bring in a low cost ev china india you know who's going to do this first mm. i have <laughs> um i can name countries okay. but i can't name brands at this stage lovely china is one lovely. yeah for sure india is another okay um they're the two that i know are one more so than the other is actively looking at launching next mm-hmm. year um and then the other country is is, is seeing what's happening over the next six months as an opportunity to actually make their move. And I think when I say what's happening over the next few months, you've got yeah the ABB Formula E Cape Town EPRI race happening. Yeah. You've got the Electric Vehicle Road Trip Africa happening. You've got the electric um, event happening. So there's a whole load of activities that are going to keep pushing the market forward. Just those those few activities, plus you have you know the EV Car Buyer Survey, which is giving data points each year. So... I think there are on the horizon. We had we had the funky EV at the Smarter Mobility uh, Africa Summit, yeah. which I think you guys checked out. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess yeah, we do we do see some 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 new car launches on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that came out of the survey that I just found fascinating and probably the most interesting point for many stakeholders was that technology potentially is 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 overriding brand loyalty. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, um, <clears throat> brand featured in the, in the part of the, the survey that you're referring to brand featured, I think, 
third last mm. in importance. Yeah. Um, you know, and technology, functionality, uh, um, and, and aesthetics actually score higher than brand. So historically, for context, historically speaking, brand used to be a lot more important in terms of when a consumer is choosing Bra- brand a loyalty. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you're saying now it's more so the actual technology that's much it's overriding uh the importance from a i think it goes down to i don't know what you think ben but um simplicity of the vehicle itself Mm. it's just such simple technology Mm. that it's it's not complex you don't have to rely on a brand because the technology is just so simple yeah why do you think it is well i'm gonna i'm gonna shame myself right now for the car i'm currently driving in Joburg. it's (laughs) and i'm i I don't know how far i should go with it but it's it's a renault yeah and I'm using this as an example because I, I'm going to draw on the EV comparison. So I'm driving a Renault Quid. It was a rental car. I see Julie's. Why am I, <laughs> why am I owning up to this? So I, I arrived in Joburg two weeks ago. The company's booked a rental car with one of the, the rental guys and it was a Renault Quid. I'm driving it. It's driving me crazy. It's not enjoyable. <laughs> um, you know, many things I could say, not yeah. against the Renault brand, but this car. Quid, by the way, means one pound in, in the UK. So oh, oh, yes, you're right. I don't know why it's called quid, Renault quid, Renault pound, Renault rand. <laughs> yeah. um, but I want to use this as an example because Renault also has the Renault Zoe, which isn't yet launched in this country, but it's an incredible car. It's an electric vehicle. Mm. And uh, we've driven it around Europe, the Middle East, during the road trips we ran. And I would, I would have that car any day. It's, it's amazing. And I think what that shows is, um, Renault, I mean, they have other great cars. We know that the quid not being one of them, but the, the, the Zoe, the electric Zoe, yeah. they're able to just put this car out, which is like top of the market and, and had, had been for many, many years. Obviously other things have come along since, but suddenly they've put this car out and it's incredible. It's, it's electric. And you see other brands now like, um, Mahindra and BYD mm. and, uh, BAIC and other brands that maybe we hadn't even heard of that. They just launched the electric car and it, it's just amazing. It's like, yeah. wow, entry yeah. level electric car. That is amazing. So suddenly they're, they're elevated in the market in terms of t- the technologies overridden, maybe previous brand perception of, of that car, that brand. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and, and and I think that goes down to the simplicity of the of the technology and and potentially the ability for the OEM to focus on other things rather than an engine. Yeah, you know mm. the, the the soundproofing of the car, the aerodynamics of it, the, the experience, right? The experience of, the experience of, 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 trying, of driving, of, of mobility. It's not yeah. just um, an A to B thing now, but the entire thing becomes an event. Um, and it's and you've seen that with some of the, even the high end guys are you know kind of pushing the envelope of what is what is possible in terms of that experience. Um, but you're right; it is literally changing the brand perceptions of of, of different companies. Mm. And, and we'll see a shift. We'll see a shift for sure in terms of performance. Um, our brands we've had um yeah sponsors that have joined the road trip uh, in other regions over the years and they've really they've been clear that this is an opportunity for them to put forward the their electric vehicle model as a great brand building exercise Mm. because it just elevates the the brand the technology speaks volumes and suddenly regardless of what their ice vehicles are like they're they're able to, to to change perceptions of the of their audience so let's talk about those two things for a second, the road trip and the Formula E. You guys are involved in it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Any, any, any secrets you want to <laughs> kind of like, uh, you know, once, you've said, it, once you've said it, yeah, the whole, whole automotive industry is going to know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, no, we're, we're very uh, excited and grateful to be working with the organizers of the ABB Formula E Cape Town EPRI. Um, so we're working with them on a, a few events that sit within the E-Fest 
campaign that they run. So that's um, the Electric Vehicle Road Trip Africa that will launch in Joburg, finishes at the Electric event, which is part of the EFES campaign co-located with, with the Formula E. Um, and that's a, that's a two-day consumer-facing clean energy and electric vehicle event. Um, and then our sister brand, actually not our sister brand, but our colleague is is working on the Africa Green Economy Summit that sits within that EFES campaign as well. So we're really excited about what Formula E is going to bring to South Africa and, and Africa. Yeah. I think it's going to really just push things forward so much. The consumer understanding is going to be elevated to a whole new level when it comes to electric vehicles. So that's happening next year in Cape Town, correct? Yeah, so the road trip launches 15th of um, February okay. from Joburg. Makes its way down through South Africa in a very leisurely way uh, with different <laughs> activities, um, lots of different car brands. And then the grand finale is in Cape Town at, at Electric. Um, and then Electric is 24th, 25th. So on the Friday, it's open to public. And on Saturday, it will be open to the race goers of the Formula E. Nice. Nice. I hope we're there, George. We have to be there. Please, on, I'm you, begging you. you. Well, I, I remember <laughs> 36 months ago, yes. somebody telling me, nah, I can't let go of the exhaust. <laughs> <laughs> now he wants to, now I he wants to, to be there. I need, to, I need to be there. I have to be there. And it's on camera. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a Lewis Hamilton t-shirt. <laughs> it's okay. Soon we'll get him there as well. Who knows? Who knows? Something that is worth noting, actually, is that the this is season nine for Formula E, mm. and they're bringing out for the first time it's a Gen the Gen three vehicle. Yes. Oh wow! Yeah. And it does up to two hundred miles an hour. So oh, I've heard yeah. that's faster than the Formula One car. How how fast do they go? So Formula One cars go to about three hundred and thirty three odd kilometers. So two hundred miles is what? That's about three sixty. Three twenty. Three twenty. Yeah. So it's yeah. about the same amount of speed that you you get out of it so there you go yeah just as exciting just but as formula, formula one car needs uh, a, a really long, long run yeah to get there yeah, okay. lot, like so i reckon the formula e while gonna hit the same speed is gonna probably get there quicker yeah. probably if you look at average speed across the the court well, the track it's gonna be a lot higher in the yeah. formula e car so because that yeah. low down torque is there although the hybrids in those formula one cars are yeah or something mean, else they tr- um, trying to know, it's, the same it's, thing, yeah. it's limited to the rubber at the end yeah. of the day that's pretty much all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us, Ben and George. We'll see you at the next one. Thanks, Thanks guys. Good.